Hello, my name is Shania Ambrose, and you're listening to the Uprooted Igorots Podcast. Here with me today is a friend from Massachusetts. Her name is Gayop Shannon Kilongan Magalingay. Am hey. I right? Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. Cool. Other than your name, do you want to say anything else about yourself? <laughs> I guess my background, my mom is from Sagata, my dad is from Bissau. Um, I am an English and journalism student. Now that we have our introductions all set up, how do you identify yourself? Like, growing up in the States, where have you seen yourself like most fitting? Growing up in the States, I see myself most fitting within my Igorot community. Growing up in a very white town, it was kind of hard expressing myself, especially when it came to my culture. It almost felt like I was suppressing my own identity. And then, but then college hit and I realized, hey, there are other people of color here with different cultures and heritage. Let me show my side to the world. And so I did, but Regardless of where I am, I feel most at home with my Igorot community. Do you have any other communities that you also grew up with? I know you said that you were in a white town, you but you have very strong roots. You have a strong connection to your Igorot side. Did you have any other communities besides your Igorot families or groupmates that helped you like at least get acquainted to where you lived in the States? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I first immigrated here to the uh, United States, we were in Lowell. Lowell has my heart. I love Lowell. But I grew up with other Filipinos there who had immigrated and their moms were also nurses recruited to work at the same hospital my mom was recruited in. And I can just picture us all together in the playground next to our apartment complexes. And then my other community I have is the people that I was able to feel comfortable around in college, UMass Amherst. Wait, so you said that um, you don't really mix the communities that you either love and grew up with all at once. So does that mean you weren't able to talk about your own identity within these different cultural communities or? Yeah, growing up with the Filipino community uh, that I met in Lowell, we were Filipino, yes, but I wasn't able to really elaborate more on my identity, which is being indigenous, Igorot. And it was, it was only until this year did I start opening up about that side to me and my Filipino friends weren't really aware of that side to me and the more I started to speak up about it the more they shown interest in who I am and when it came to being in college it was a slow step in expressing myself as is but I was more open in discussing my identity as being Igorot 
there weren't a lot of Filipinos there, not a lot of representation either, and so I thought I was going to be one of the few Filipinos there on campus. Then I'd also like to elaborate more on the different ethnicities that the Philippines have, especially when it comes to their indigenous people like us. I grew up assuming that I was a straight-up Filipino and that I wasn't indigenous. <laughs> I know, it's funny. But, like, have you ever had that curiosity that, oh, maybe not all the things you know are Igorot and maybe not all the things that you lived with or grew up with is Filipino? I think more of my problem was... You know how in Baguio, we speak Ilocano? Mm -hmm. And then back home in the Ili, it's different than Baguio, even though they're on they're in the mountains. And in the Ili, we speak Igorot. And there's different phrases too. So my problem was differentiating Igorot words from Ilocano. Not necessarily Igorot culture from Filipino culture because my parents never really taught me the main Filipino culture, like we really stuck with our Igoro roots. So even when it comes to food, when we go to Filipino parties that's not Igoro, and my friends say the Filipino name for certain food items, I'm like, well, what's that? <laughs> like for dikat, I don't know the, I forgot the Tagalog word for it, but I remember my this mom. Is the case. Suman, isn't it oh. Suman? Yeah, it's Suman. And my mom was saying, like, Can you get me Suman? I don't, and I was, I was like, What the heck is Suman? And she was like, Dikat. And I was like, Okay, you never talk to me about Filipino things. You only talk to me about Igor. So why are you talking to me in Tagalog when you've never taught me the language? You know what's another thing that I noticed? Uh. Every time... Okay, I don't know if this is a recent thing, but, like, I heard the Philippines change their national language from Tagalog to Filipino. Yes, I want to talk about that. So, I think that's very harmful for a lot of ethnicities in the Philippines, not just for Igorots, because the Philippines is a big... is made up of many islands more than a hundred languages too. yeah more than around seven thousand i think mm -hmm. according to wikipedia and so changing tagalog to the word filipino is ignoring all of our other languages and they're not being acknowledged and so if somebody who's not who doesn't really know much about the philippines is like oh do you speak filipino how are you going to explain to them well Filipino, the Filipino language refers to Tagalog. I speak this different language, and for us too, we speak a variety of language. We speak, uh, we speak Ilocano, we speak Kantanae, and then for uh, or like for me, I speak Ilocano, Kantanae, Igorot, and then for you, you got Iboloy too. So like, we not only speak one singular language, we speak different dialects. So again, like. Dialects and languages. languages. So how are we going to explain that and be like, well, technically I am Filipino, but I don't speak one Filipino language. Not gonna lie, I do know Tagalog because I remember watching telesetis growing up. Especially like, I've been watching drama since the get-go. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do know Tagalog because of like 
Darna, Gagambino, all those other like Filipino TV shows. But then it all goes back down to like calling that one set of either cultural entertainment or cultural languages Filipino. By understanding Tagalog as Filipino, you're othering all the other ethnicities, all the other communities, all the other already existing folks and identities in the Philippines just to assume that the Philippines is one national identity. Facts. And like, the thing is, like, who's the national identity for? I don't think it's for the Filipinos. Like, and how long do you think, you know, I should have done research. How long do you think people have been calling Tagalog Filipino? You know, um, it's not really related to the Philippines and to actually Filipinos, but an, an example is East Asian studies. It's not, uh, East Asian studies is not trying to understand East Asia from the perspective of countries from that area. It's white countries trying to understand the culture and countries from their own perspective. And it's kind of similar to how they change Tagalog to Filipino, where although we understand there's a variety of languages there, ethnicities and culture and heritage, people outside of the Philippines, like the white man, doesn't really see that. So simplifying Tagalog into Filipino makes it easier for them to understand that entire island. Ikorots in general have become a cultural commodity to the point that like, even if someone were to go not actually why would they need to go all the way to the right to our place in order to learn about us we live abroad right we we can afford a plane trip well not all of us just like every other society but like it's so crazy to think that so many igorots not only live abroad but because igorot culture is becoming like a fascinating thing for outsiders to know about now Mm -hmm. a lot of Folks that do live in those areas but aren't Igorot are the ones being the tour guides. They're the ones selling our culture to other people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, why do you think this has to be the only way for you to learn about Igorots? Why do you mm-hmm. feel like you have to trek all the way to Wangod? Why do you feel like you have to trek all the way to these hills just to feel like you're learning about this community? Like, And at the same time, Igorots aren't one national identity either mm-hmm. we're a community but that doesn't make us all the same exactly because there's uh benguet ibolois kalinga ifugao and one thing that just came to my mind sorry i'm just jumping around that store i mentioned that was owned by Il- ilocanos they were selling sagada weaving what the heck one <laughs> right sagada weaving and it's like did you weave that or did you buy that from another store that was selling that and then you're now you're selling it in your store and you're not going to give the profit you earned there to the ones who originally made that because like you can walk down a block and there's a hut or like a, a shed <laughs> not, not a shed but there's this i don't want to say building because it's not that big um but there's this place where the aunties and the lulas are actually doing the weaving. Like, you can see them with the, I don't know what the wooden 
thing is called, but you can see them stringing along and making the weaving and and it's again like why are you doing that? You're taking away the efforts of the aunties and the lulas doing the weaving and you're taking their profit too. And like I know it sounds so harsh coming from us especially because we're here we're watching this and like we don't know if they need to sell those extra goods one way or the other but at the same time it sucks that other folks have to feel as if they have to sell all these goods to a secondhand buyer who will sell it to someone else and then the profit margins will just go down on their end it's so disheartening to see tourists buy so many of Igor products assuming that oh this is just gonna look pretty and then they're gonna throw mm-hmm. it away soon after like a couple of uses mm-hmm. like that's a lot of hard work mm-hmm. put into that one product mm-hmm. and at the same time it feels as though there's not much that the creators can do because they at the end of the day they need to make money mm-hmm. oh so Sagada is very popular for hanging coffins. Oh, yeah. And there are actually bodies in there. Mm-hmm. Our ancestors are in there. And around that, too, there's caves where there are more coffins. And I do have Lulas and Lulus in that area. And recently, my dad found this article where somebody, a historian who visited Sagada and saw the hanging coffin, stole a coffin, brought it into a museum, and people from Sagada became aware of that and they're trying to get it back because our ancestor is in there, but they refuse to give it back like every historical museum where they steal products from different cultures, from different countries, and claim it as theirs and give no credit to the people who I don't want to say own it but it belonged to their culture and since we're still on the topic of tourists where the hanging coffins are uh, our mountains like people can hike through there but the requirement is that you have a tour guide and the tour guides for this part are Igorots um like personally my cousin is the one who is in the gate because you also have to pay a fee and my cousin is the one who's in charge of that and i have another cousin who is one of the tour guides to go around the mountains so this this group of americans white americans decided to go but they refused to have a tour guide and they went without anybody knowing and then they got lost for four to five days without water but eventually they were found and my auntie was telling me this story and she was like haha that's our ancestors playing them they should have listened to us true and i was like that's true like you're going to a place a sacred place and you're going to a place that you have no idea about and I'm pretty sure you didn't read up on the history and the culture you just wanted to go hike because there's mountains there you're not only disobeying the rules but you're disobeying our ancestors so 
it may sound cruel, but I think they deserved it. Like, you did that to yourself. You didn't listen. We've been saying a lot of... <laughs> well, these are facts, though. But, like, we've been talking a lot about all the bad things that have been happening. I think that is part of the Iguro experience. And it's not all flowers. And, like, what I mentioned before, there is a history of Igorots being discriminated for what they were and how they appear. And so it's something that needs to be talked about and not glossed over. But at the same time, too, your podcast includes a lot of happy things. So it kind of balances out. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, I do remember. I already forgot about this. This is when I still didn't understand that Igorots were indigenous. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that like we were othered because we were from the north and not from the <laughs> inner city. I mean, <laughs> so, you were close. So I remember I saw this post. This was on Facebook, so this isn't old. And this is like I... in 2010 something. But like there's a, there's this post of this lady saying, Igorots are uncultured, uncivilized. And maybe it's true that they used to have tales. That used to be a saying because of the the wanos, and, but and now, also our tapis. You know how yeah, there's a belt, and the tapis that has like I guess it's wrapped in the back so that the belt looks like it's hanging. The back strings, because it has strings, so like the strings are at the back, oh, and yeah, the it string. swishes. That's pretty cool. I think it's cool. <laughs> Anyways, I think it's pretty dope. All right, some people have belts, disgusting belts, and we have. Okay, never mind. We have woven belts. We have woven clothes. For folks who do want to learn more about Igorots, what are your recommendations? Well, actually talk to somebody who's Igorot because a lot of what we talk about our our history is through storytelling and verbal. And our own parents have a lot to say. They have a oh, lot yes, of stories. They do. You just gotta ask. You yes they do. And they'll tell it unprompted too. If you can't ask in your area, there's social media. There's... Connect with us. Yeah, connect with us too. We can refer you to a lot of sources. And a lot of people. Because don't forget, Igorots are scholars at the same time. Yes, ma'am. Right here. Both of us. And not just us. There's other like PhD candidates out there. PhD students. Igorots are educated. I don't know who's telling you we're not, but they're lying. So... (laughs) (laughs) What else? Oh, so we have been having a lot of people deviating from that ideal occupation of becoming nurses and a lot of people are exploring the creative world. And I know back home in Baguio, I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. I want to plug him. This illustrator back home in Baguio, his name is Tor Sagun. He made an illustration book called Igorotak and it talks about all the different tribes that we have in the Cordillera Mountains and talks about our traditions, how the wanus and the tapis looks like, our headpieces, music, and then our battle arms and folklores. Also want to plug Ikat Voices. Oh, Ikat Voices. They got a lot of resources on their website. You got to check them out. And in terms of professions, right? Uh-huh. I want to plug my uncle, my uncle-in-law, Jacob Log, his paintings to die for. Beautiful, exquisite. Chef's kisses. Chef's kisses. <laughs> oh, I'd also like to plug my uncle, uh, who has a 
hotel and a restaurant back home. His restaurant is called Health 101 Restaurant. <laughs> and his name is Elmer Makalingai. Shout out to my Manong. Uh, he has worked really hard to deliver healthy food back home. And during COVID, he's been making sure that people have lunch packs because there's a lot of food shortage during this time. There's also an Igorot family in California that has a catering business. We'll link them down below. Yes, ma'am. Um, just a disclaimer too, I'm not trying to say don't visit Sagada um, or the Mountain Province. I'm trying to say if you do, get, do go there, please respect our rules. Please respect our ancestors and our burial grounds because in order to get to the, well, the hanging coffins, you're literally stepping over our graveyards. So please respect the rules. Please get a tour guide. Please get weaving products from Igorots who are actually trained to make them and are selling it themselves and any other items that are there in Sagada. Please make sure to buy it from local Igorots. And don't please. make buying your first thought. Oh yes, please don't. You don't have to feel as though you need to buy Igorot culture in order to know more about it. Stay tuned for the next episode coming in November. But before that big episode, I'm gonna have to release a little something special because there was a special request for supernatural tales and Filipino food. So watch out for those two topics to be covered. <laughs> also, don't forget to check out the Uprooted Igorot's website. They'll have a lot more information and short readings available offered by other folks too.